Blog Talk Radio. Tonight's episode of Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete is sponsored by Blue Haven NYC in Greenwich Village, New York City's sports bar for grown-ups. Go to www.bluehavennyc.com for details. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> We're tonight's entertainment. Take me to the volcano! It's really called this. You have to ask for the vinegar with the mother in it. Oh, come on. Quick I need, no. Seriously. Maybe Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know. I don't know if we'll have enough time. But uh, everything's perfectly all right now. We're fine. We're all fine here now. Thank you. How are you? Welcome to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast, episode number 139, coming to you live from Bayside, New York, and Comac, New York, out on the island, yo. Strong Island, that's where it's happening. I'm on the island too, technically, but not really. I'm in Queens. I'm part of the city. I'm a city guy. Cal's out on the island. It's time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. We're going to talk New York sports nights. This is the podcast. It's Friday night. It is 9.30 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete. I said the name of the show three times. Three times. That's branding. Hi. Welcome to the program. We have a ton to talk about tonight. It's Friday. Things may get loose. Things have a tendency to get loose when we do the show live on a Friday night. Things get loose. Cal is here. Not in person. I mean, he's. we're talking over FaceTime. Technology. Amazing. He's probably watching the Ranger game as well. Cal can do that. When we do a podcast, I am paying attention. Not that Cal's not paying attention. He's totally paying attention. But I I am singularly focused because I'm driving the boat. I'm driving the boat. Hooper steers the boat, chief. Okay? Cal is putting the chum out. He's like He's like Brody. He's throwing the chum out there. And he can watch a game and still be involved and still be with it. I can't do that. I, I wouldn't call it ADD. I would just call it uh, focus. But he's focused too. He's here. Let's just – why not – let's just do this. Let's just bring him in. Where's where's his music? Is this his music? There it is. Let's bring in the co-host of the program. My name is Steve Sampietro, by the way. I'm the Sam Pete version. Portion. Portion? I'm the Sam Pete factor. This is the other half of the hosting uh, uh, duties. Wow. Good, good intro, everybody. Really, good hustle on the floor, really. Direct from an engagement in Cincinnati, Ohio. Bearcat country. He knows it well. 
He played a little club down there. It was a little jazz club. It's called Smoke Shop. He did a little stand-up. He played a little jazz, a little jazz mandolin. Kills it. What a show, Cal. My partner in crime, my partner in grime, my partner in all things sublime. Mr. Cal, leave a cup in your caliente. Hello, Brian. Oh, what? I'm sorry? Oh, oh, hello. Oh, hi. Yes, I was trying to watch the Ranger game. You watched the Ranger game, weren't you? <laughs> What's up, buddy? Yeah, not much. Not much and a whole lot at the same time. That's right. We have uh, a ton that we want to talk about tonight. Um, there's a ton going on, obviously, with the Rangers and the Islanders in the NHL playoffs. The Knicks uh, getting three days off before they take on the Pacers again for a pivotal Game three, as that series shifts back to Indiana. So that's going on in New York. Uh, Jets had mini camp, rookie mini camp today, which somehow was worthy of Sal Palantonio going to. I, I don't understand. I don't understand. When does that stop? The Yankees uh, are, are keep winning with this ragtag $200 million payroll. Never thought you'd say that. But they're doing a great job. Joe Girardi is doing his best job of managing maybe ever. Um, and then, of course, you have the Mets. Who? The the who now? What's that? Have you heard of that little ball club there, Cal? The, what do you say? The Mets? The Mets. Is that a hard M? It's with an M. Mets. Yes. I believe it's short for Metropolitans. Never heard of them. Yeah. Well, when that guy pitches, you've heard of them. Oh, right. Every Once every five days. That's correct. You know exactly who we're talking about. Pretty soon, it may be twice every five days. Well, let's not get ahead of it. Let's that. not. All right. It's not anyway. June 15th yet. Anyway, it's not June 15th. How are you, though? How's your week? Good. Good. Very crazy good. Crazy pants. Yeah. Crazy pants week. You feel as, crazy as pants? Usual. Yeah, I feel a little off tonight. It's weird. It's Friday night. We got no PJ. We've got no PJ. You know, he may join us at 10 o'clock. We don't know. Well, listen. We can we can we can steer this ship on our own. We've done it before. We have. We can do it. We miss him greatly, though. He's yeah, a, he's a member of the show. He's a look, member of the cast. Let's be honest. We'd prefer to have him here. <laughs> let's be honest. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. That's one. Let's see how many we go for tonight. Let's be honest. Let's okay. see how honest we can be tonight. Let's see how. You know what? <laughs> this is going to be a really honest show. Let's see. I We're feel gonna, like. We're going to put it all out there tonight. Yep. I you know what I want to start with? No. I'm not going to I I uh, I've been I've been busting to talk about this. We're going to go we're going to go right into the big unload. Because honestly, I've been There we go. I've, I've been busting to talk about this. Honestly, we're going to be this is what the show there is about tonight. <laughs> That's two. We're keeping it real tonight. Listen, folks, Friday night. You're not going to get more sincerity anywhere in sports podcasting than what you're going to get tonight. This idea that we're going to come out here and just spew lies tonight? I don't, I don't know about all the other shows or podcasts that you're listening to that lie. That's what they do. They lie to you. How does that become a big thing, Cal? How does Let's Be Honest become... Part of the lexicon. Like, why is everybody in such a rush to be honest? Is well, everybody lying all the time? Like, why do you need that qualifier? Where did the world get to? Most <laughs> you need that qualifier. Most people are not forthcoming 
So you, you feel the... that? Do you agree with that? No, I'm talking sports. Oh, okay. Talk. I oh, definitely. Okay. So you feel so you feel the need to qualify that? Okay, what you're about to hear right now is honesty. And the other thing that you're going to hear is uh, we're going to be frank because you hear that. Quite frankly, <laughs> let's be honest. And then we make a very definitive statement after that. And then and then it's got to be wrapped up with no doubt about it. No doubt about it. So in one breath, we're going to be honest with you because, quite frankly, there's no doubt about it. Very definitive. There's no room for uh, any opposition to what we are about to say because we know. And you know what's great? All of that is based on opinion. Like everything they're talking about is an opinion. That's right. Because nobody in sports talk says, look, let's be honest. Quite frankly – Babe Ruth hit 714 home runs. No doubt about it. Nobody says that. That's all there is to it. That's a fact. That's just the way it is. Right. That's another one. <laughs> that's, that's just the way it is. Right? Yeah. And then, uh, of course, then they begin with the insulting. Right. <laughs> well, the the Yankees are going to win the game tonight, quite frankly, because they're the Yankees. Let's be honest. <laughs> right? That's just the way it is. They're the Yankees. No doubt about it. <laughs> No, no doubt about it. No doubt at all. So that's what's going on in sports talk right now, I feel like. But I want to hear what you are busting to talk about. I, I will. I wanna, I'll want i get to it in one second because it brings up the, what we're talking about right now, this quite frankly, and to be honest with you and all this other stuff. I, I have to bring up one quick point, and then we can get right into the sports, I promise. Okay. And what we're going to talk about in the big unload is the star treatment in the playoffs. That's It's going on right now. The Rangers are taking on the Caps. Hopefully you're watching that game while you're listening to us. You've mu- muted Sam Rosen and that traitor. <laughs> he's a traitor. I'm sorry. He's not a traitor. He's a traitor. Well, we have a traitor too. The Islanders fired him though, didn't they? I think they did. But we have Howie Rose. We have Howie Rose, who grew up a Ranger fan. Right. Only only called the the most the <laughs> critical call in the history of the Rangers over the and last had, few years. Right. Exactly. And has the most uh, uh, iconic. Uh, right. Call in hockey in Ranger hockey history. Right, he's calling our Islander games now. That's that's correct. Passionately, there's a long history of that. Yeah, with you know Don Maloney coming over to run our team. Yeah, and Trache going to coach their team. Trache coaching their team. Lafontaine going over to their team. Yep. Five years after their fans rocked an ambulance that he was in. After a playoff game. Yeah. After a playoff game, there's that, a lot of that. That he was unceremoniously knocked out of. Right. I don't think he remembers it if you were to ask. I, I agree. I don't think he knew, he knew what town he was in. Um, just real quick, everybody on Facebook, this is like a little Facebook thing that's bothering me, and I wanted to get your opinion on this. I was talking to Dr. E. Ray about it too. Uh, and it's it's a little political, and we are going to talk about Demario Davis later in the show too, Cal, the Jets linebacker who uh, is a devout Christian and came out today with – some statements about a homosexual teammate. I don't know if you saw that. But look, I I rip on other things when it's not my team. I have to do it when it's my team too. So we'll we'll get to that later. But can everybody on Facebook that has a, a, a political opinion or a religious view or something, please stop telling me to wake up. Please. Stop telling me to wake up. Stop. I can't... You. You, how, do you get these, Cal? Like you get these from some friends that are either politically motivated or religious or whatever. 
they they tend to be sort of conspiracy theory-ish. Um, I, I, it's cool. I respect your opinion. You're allowed to have it. I, I respect – I will read it. I will take it in and stuff. Stop telling me to wake up, people. Stop calling me stupid because you're asking me to look at your to, – to see things from your point of view, and then you're calling me stupid. I oh Cal I can't take it can't take it. I know exactly what you're talking about. I have another one, and this is a Twitter thing more so than a Facebook thing. When uh, when I'm told to lighten up <laughs> on Twitter, and it's you know when somebody does something stupid and then you you call them out on it, then you're told to lighten up. Right. Well, we'll we can get to that too later with Adam Rubin. And... Just a joke. His tweets about Matt Harvey from last year, which he is somehow trying to distance himself from. By, but how? But how does he? How does he distance himself? Right, from by this? being a jerk. No, by blocking anybody. Oh, yeah, well, that's being a jerk. Okay. Anybody that disagrees with him, he blocks. But today, I don't know if you saw the latest in this chapter is that he is offering an amnesty program. <laughs> the magnanimous Adam Rubin. I did see this. Is offering an amnesty program. So if you've been blocked by Adam Rubin any time in the last past year or two, all you got to do is send him an email pitching your reason why you feel you should be unblocked by him. And he'll consider it. He's going to take it into consideration. What a guy. What a good guy. Boy. We'll get to uh, we'll get to what he said later too about Harvey because uh, I'm sorry that those tweets should follow him forever. They should. Well, and and that's you know I think there's a whole other episode of tweets that follow you forever. Yes. And the lesson that you can never take a tweet back. We talked about it last week or two weeks ago when Mike Wallace put his tweet out about uh, about uh, Jason Collins. Yeah. Right. Right. And then immediately tried to delete it. It's out there. <laughs> and then, of course, we had locally our own SNY anchor, Kirk yeah. Jimenez. Kirk Jimenez with a uh, a bad tweet yesterday. Tweet that he thought was a DM. That's a classic. We get those a lot, too. Yeah. And then quickly trying to delete it. And, and really, you have less than two seconds to get something out if you try to, if you try to delete it. Even if that. Because it shows the minute it shows up in somebody's timeline, they can take an in, you know a picture of their a, a screenshot on an iPhone so easily. They could retweet it. They could do whatever they need to, and they just spread all the do, but All you gotta do is take the screenshot, though, right, before it's deleted. Like that's how they got Mike Wallace the other day. I mean, he he literally tried to delete that in like four seconds, but right. somebody got a screenshot of it. It's that screenshot a, exists forever. It's just amazing because it's not. I don't think at this point it's new enough. Where you could play off that I didn't know that that could happen. I think, right. I mean, it's been four or five years now, and the internet has been around for a lot longer. Yeah. Well, Jimenez's yeah. was great. He said it was a dare. I hadn't seen that play. Yeah. <laughs> His excuse for tweeting out this inappropriate sexual tweet. He's married, by the way. Right. He's married. Exactly. Thus making it personally inappropriate, but it was inappropriate for an SNY anchor to send this out. And it, men- and it mentioned Ike Davis. So clearly Ike Davis is related somehow well, to this girl. Technically not Ike Davis. I mean, maybe she's, maybe she's like a huge Met fan and she's a big Ike Davis fan or something like that. But 
Either way, he mentioned Ike Davis in the tweet. And he he went with the little used for good reason. It was a dare <laughs> tweet by one of the guys here at SNY. Right. So now throwing a, a co-worker under the bus, right. not by name. Everybody's going down. That's it. You know, it's funny because was part of the dare deleting your Twitter account also? <laughs> Immediately thereafter. Not only deleting the tweet, but deleting your account. Right. <laughs> Pretending <laughs> Twitter never existed. Uh, I'm waiting for my dog sent the tweet. Yeah. Somebody, you know? needs, somebody needs a DeLorean. It's just, it just, I, you know, and I know we can, we got completely off track here. We're off just, track, but I just wanted to get that out there on the Facebook thing. Stop telling me to wake up. I'm awake. Just because I don't agree with you doesn't mean I'm not awake. I'm awake. I see what's going on with the media and stuff. I'm okay. Trust me. Or what I'm feeding my kids, or what I'm putting the gas I'm putting in my car. I'm awake. I'm up. All right. Stop telling me to wake up, please. Hey, but thanks. Yeah, but it's that's I pre appreciate the, the uh that's exactly it, Brian. Appreciate the, the heads up, but the beginning of it shows concern. Like this this post will show concern for you. Like, hey guys, they're putting bad stuff in your vegetables. Trust me, the government's doing it. Okay, I'm trying to help you. And then at the end, why are you admonishing me? Yeah, so wake up. How could I have known? You're pointing it out to me now. <laughs> the, the message slowly, as you read it, slowly turns into now it's you who are killing your own children. <laughs> it's my fault. Wake up. Right? They're, the government's doing this thing. It's really bad for you. They're putting. Wake up. All what right? You, it's on your head. There's just, blood on your hands now. You just told me about it three lines ago. I'm awake. Why you gotta yell at me? You just you just said it. Give me ten minutes. Why are you still sitting there? Sell everything you own. Wake up. I'm just so tired of being told. I'm I I got it. I'm good. Okay, so back to the big unload. And and it, it it's it's extremely pertinent. Without talking about the games in specific. This is what I want to get to. We went to the game last last Sunday. We went to the Islanders game three at the Coliseum. The Cal, boy, I've been to a, a lot of sporting events, but not a lot of playoff sporting events. It was magical. It was amazing. Mm -hmm. The atmosphere, uh, the the uh, to see Islander fans, see so many young Islander fans, Bry. So many. It's one thing for us to be Islander fans and have maintained our fanhood through all these years. We saw winning, right? We saw the greatest, you know, one of the greatest teams in professional sports. Like we, even you know, we were eight, nine, ten, eleven years old, you know, but we still saw it. We remember it well, right? If you're if you are thirty years old or younger, I mean, I'm talking, we're talking thirty years old. Anybody thirty and under, they don't know from the championships. No, I mean, we're 38, 39. Well, we're both 39 now. We're both 39. Yeah. Um, we barely know. Not, not barely know, but that's we're right at the cusp. Oh, yeah, I don't remember the first one. Yeah, I mean, I was seven when they won the first one. Six or seven. We were six or seven. We were six when they won the first one. I don't really remember it. No, I remember the, the North Star series. Mm -hmm. I 
remember the uh, Vancouver series Vancouver, clearly, as I remember, and the Edmonton series. Both of them, yeah. The Flyer series, I really don't remember. You know, um, but but again, we're right on the cusp. So to see so many young fans, Bri, was sort of surprising to me. You know, I and somebody I don't know where I read this today. I think it was an article written by Sam Page uh, for SNY, and it, it, it appeared on Deadspin. It was a great article on the history of Nassau Coliseum and how his grandfather helped build it. Um, and oh, I, I didn't. Think, see, oh, I didn't see that. Oh yeah, no, this article. came out later in the day. Okay. Really terrific article. Um, but in the article, he mentions what you just said about the crowd and the young fans, and and he said for some reason. And now every the place was sold out. There were sixteen thousand plus fans there, all with Islander jerseys and all. And you remember back, even a month ago, six weeks ago, when the place was completely empty. Yet it didn't feel like any of those sixteen thousand fans were bandwagon fans. Nope. It's like they've been lurking and waiting. They for just this don't to go happen. to games, right? They just don't go to games, right? So it's it's an interesting phenomenon that usually when a team gets good all of the people come out of the woodwork and they're not really into the team, but every single one of those fans in the, in the building last week was a diehard fan. Yeah. And it was, it was amazing to me because these, they clearly have been watching. They clearly have stuck with this team. I mean, we were talking about how we've stuck with this team through this rebuild. We never really left. You know, we never really, uh, were there, was there a season three years ago where I maybe watched 20 games, 25 games? Yeah, probably. That's fair. I would follow them every night. I mean, I would I would check it in the paper. I would see what they were doing. You knew what was going on, but you weren't you weren't like watching it religiously like right. you were now. But last year, I would say I probably watched forty or fifty, and this year I I I pretty much watched almost every game, whether it was on DVR or or live. So anyway, the game is decided in overtime. Uh, fantastic game. Just a great game. Great comeback. Two-goal comeback by the Islanders in the third period. Game six is obviously tomorrow night. The Islanders are down 3-2. They have yeoman's work to do. We can talk about – I want to talk a little bit about pulling uh, the goaltender. I think that they should start pulling and not nabby. You and I have gone back and forth on this. But what I want to get to in a general sense, because the Rangers are experiencing some of this with the Capitals in their series, which has been great. And uh, that, that game is tied right now. Spoiler alert. It's tied 1-1. Well, I guess you can't really spoil anything if it's a tie. Um, but, uh, and that game's in the third period. Critical game five. I don't like it, Brian. I don't like special treatment for stars in the playoffs. And I, and I, I've been referring to this over the last week as the Jordan rules, quote unquote, because it seemed to come to look. It always existed, but to me, it sort of came into preeminence, uh, or or just yeah, well, no, not preeminence, but it seemed to come to the forefront with Michael Jordan in the play. Came to prominence. Thank you. Preeminence, whole different word. No. Good word. Great word. Not appropriate here. Not right though. Prominence. So, so good way to pick me up. Uh, came to prominence. Came to the fore. Um, it, with Michael Jordan, because there seemed to be two sets of rules. In other words, what was a foul in the regular season might not have been a foul, or, or what wasn't a foul in the regular season became a foul in the in the postseason. 
there's another guy I thought of immediately, Bri, was, was Greg Maddox. Mm-hmm. There seem to be two sets of rules for Greg Maddox, or two, yeah, well, stri- or two strike zones. I think all of them. I think all of those Braves. Right, like Lavin. That. Right, there was Maddox, there was a, there was a strike. Right, there was a strike zone for the pitcher going against Maddox, and then there was Maddox strike zone. Um, I think there's a certain amount of. I don't like it in hockey. To me, it's most egregious to me in hockey because. There's got to be consistency in a way that a game is called. If you're going, and I understand that referees in the last ten minutes of a playoff game are going to swallow their whistles, that's fine. You have to continue to do it. What What's a penalty ten minutes earlier for a non-star player that's not called shouldn't get called ten minutes later on the star player. And of course, we're you know I'm referring to the to the Crosby call in overtime. Um, that again. If that's not Sidney Crosby, that's not called. If that's not Sidney Crosby in that spot, that's not a penalty. And that bothers the crap out of me, Bri, because let the players decide the game. The officials are deciding the game. Well, the thing with hockey that makes it worse, I don't know if worse is the right way to put it, but in hockey, it's More a difficult lot. Well, it's a lot. Swallow. It, no, what, where I'm going with this is that it's a lot easier to sell the questionable call in hockey. Mm-hmm. I, I think basketball too, to some extent. Yeah, a little, a, a little bit in football. Most, most of the, most of the time, I'm thinking hockey, where um, players, players embellish infractions all the time to the point where there's a rule and there's an, there is a, an, a converse penalty. For diving, unsportsmanlike right. conduct. Like that's how bad it was in hockey. They had to put that in place, which they never call unless the they're unless they call it. No, they call it at the same time they're calling the penalty. Right. So you think so? Here's the guy diving. So you think, okay, fine, he's diving. He shouldn't take it. But they still call the penalty. Right. We had that in the in the game with the Islanders. Yeah, game. Four, right? Well, game three, where Aginlis should have been called for diving, right on that second power play, you could have called uh, Hamannick for that penalty, right? But there was, but there he, was, but he dove and embellished it. Oh, you're thinking of the Oposo one too? I'm thinking of the one with Colin McDonald and Malkin. Okay, four. Okay, where they called the penalty yes. on Malkin and then called McDonald for the dive. How do you do that? <laughs> right, it's one or the other. Right. So I I just – I don't like this two sets of rules thing. If it's a penalty and, – and I get – it's not only two sets of rules. It's two sets of rules for stars. Well, and, and the part that you don't like, and I don't like it either, but it's the argument to this, is that you hear the star has earned the right to get the call. You know, the star is doing something for his team – by drawing the penalty, whether it's embellishing a minor infraction or out, you know, completely flopping, or doing what Crosby did in that overtime, which was take his own feet out from under him. Right. So he's got straight on him. He takes his own feet out from under him. He gets that call. But what do you think about that argument? Where th- th- there's a certain talent involved in doing that. I, here's what I don't like about it, and that's it's selective. Like, at what point do you deem you're worthy of getting that call? 
What do you have to do? Win an MVP? Win a cup? Like, well, what's the what's the demarcation line that says you get that call? I mean, we saw it in that game three. The exact same thing. Literally, we watched it on film. I've watched the video of it. So have you. The exact same thing done to John Tavares, Hart Trophy finalist. But apparently he's not a big enough star to draw a penalty there and have that called. Yeah, you know, here's the other question. Where's, I have. where's the line of demarcation, Cal? I just, I don't. Go ahead, go ahead. I just don't yeah. like it overall. It's this. It's the referees deciding the game. It's the NHL deciding the game. Right, and I and I know that that particular call is raw right now because it it, it you can argue that it cost the Islanders a game, but could and will. Here's the. <laughs> we're being honest, right? That's hey. Quite frankly, you've come to the place for honesty. There's no doubt about it. How's that? That's just the way it is. You know what the great part about that statement is? There's a huge amount of doubt about there's it. There's a lot of doubt. Oh, there's a ton of doubt. In this one? There's a ton of doubt. It's all doubt. There's no possible chance I can use any of those three. <laughs> I can't use let's be honest. I can't use quite frankly. And I can't use no doubt about it. Yet, I will say this. Let's be honest. And quite frankly... If they don't call that penalty against the Islanders, they win game three. No doubt about it. There you go. Modern sports talk. You got it, folks. Right here right here on RTU. Well, here's my question. When do I get the job at the fan? Because that's – I think I just met all of the qualifications in one statement. Well, we've got this on tape. Send, <laughs> send, send it, it in. Turn off. It's coming. Oh, uh, boy. So here's the deal. Here's your the, question. Here's my question. Do you think Fran Healy, here's my question. Can you anytime you ask me a question tonight, can you preface it with Ralph, do you think Ah, <laughs> oh, Fran Healy. Francis Xavier Healy. That's Xavier Healy. He used to call Met games with Ralph Kiner. Ralph Kiner must have been so annoyed by the end of nine innings. Cause that's all he did. Yeah. That was his style. He would ask questions. Right. I you figure by the seventh, Ralph wanted to be listen, pal. No, I don't. I don't think anything. If you ask me, what, what are you, my seven-year-old? <laughs> I don't know why the sky is blue, Fran. I don't know. I don't know why the Mets chose blue and orange. I, I, don't, I don't have any. I don't know the familial derivation of strawberry. I don't know. It could be anything. I don't know. He's not Jewish. I don't know He's, the answers to these questions. What are you, Buddha? I don't know the answers to these questions. <laughs> I don't know why you keep asking me questions, Fran Healy. Please stop. So, Steve, do you think that the referees or the officials, umpires, linesmen, whatever, whatever, whatever you want to call them, I know you've got some choice words, but whatever, whatever official we're talking about here. Okay. Do you think that when these things happen with star players, that it's conscious or do you think like do you think it's premeditated where they go into the game and they say if there's a questionable call on the star player on team X that they're going to get every call? Or do you think that it's just it's just subconscious that they, you know, they see a penalty and they see the number on the guy's back and they know, oh that's Crosby, I'm calling it. 
Let's go. That's a magnificent question, and it encapsulates this entire conversation. So let's go sport by sport. Right, because I think it's different. I do. I do, too. Go ahead. Start with baseball. When the home plate umpire, who has – every home plate umpire has their own strike zone. They have their own predilections as far as – uh, what they're going to give a pitcher? Are they a pitcher's umpire? Are they, you know, hitter's umpire? Blah blah blah. When they used to see Greg Maddox going to the hill, I do think it was there. I absolutely I agree. Absolutely think they went into the game thinking Greg Maddox is going to get the corners, no matter what my zone is. My zone is up. My zone is I give the black. I don't give the black. Greg Maddox is getting every centimeter. Every millimeter millimeter smaller than centimeters uh yeah great uh every millimeter of the black on home plate he's getting every benefit of the doubt and if my zone is usually like you know waist high and up and i'm i got a higher strike zone guess what it's at the knees today two things on that number one i i will three things number one i agree with you number two I think that in some cases, the umpire even communicates that, like to the batter. Agree. Or to the catcher, especially. He can. He can. Yeah. You know? Well, you would know. And then the third thing is that baseball is so much different than, than the rest of the sports because it's so deliberate. You yes. know? There's, there's, there's time to think and to process a call that you're going to make. Very rarely do you have a split-second call that you have to make in baseball. And, so, and, cer- and certainly not on balls and strikes. No, but the, you you make split second calls all the time. It's just you not- do right, but not on balls and strikes. Right. You have you have time to process that. You watch the pitch. You, right. You have a second to process that. Right. Right. This is it's it's not that you it's know not a, uh, it's not a bang bang play at first base. It's not a bang, and it's not like basketball or hockey where the play is constantly going, and yep. it's not a football interference call yep. where it's, you know it's next. So I so I think in baseball I agree with you definitely. Yeah, I think it is premeditated, and I think certain pitchers or or and it goes it it go both ways in baseball. When Barry Bonds is at the plate, you know, and Barry Bonds doesn't think it's a strike, that umpire doesn't have that second. Maybe it's not a strike. You know, Barry Bonds is going to get the benefit of the doubt unless it's John Franco getting the last out of an NLCS. You know, he's he's going to get the benefit of the doubt a lot of times with that strike zone. Because Barry Bonds has a tremendous eye, and Barry Bonds knows, you know. So I think it does go both ways, but I think it favors pitchers. So that's baseball to me. And I don't like it. I don't like it either. No, I don't think – I, I, th- I think we have made it clear that we don't like it ever. But a strike zone is sort of amorphous, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not like a holding call in hockey. And there's no rule. Well, there is, but nobody goes by it. It's, but it's interpreted individually. It's yes, absolutely, and so, that's and that's acceptable. It is acceptable, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, going into the next, we'll get, let's go to football. I, I look, you know, I have the tinfoil hat out sometimes. You know that. Yes. Um, I think that there. Are certain times that officials will job certain teams? I do. I really do. I think Tom Brady gets the benefit of the doubt on a late hit call that Mark Sanchez doesn't. I mean, we've seen it. And so again, I, and again, 
is that premeditated? Or do you think the ref says if something happens with Brady or Manning or, or Drew Brees, that they, we're not going to allow that to happen. But if it happens to Sanchez or it happens to Matt Moore or some, you know. I don't think it's premeditated in the sense that they sit around in their little referee's room before the game and they're like, look, guys, we all know the score. If they if they touch Brady, it's a penalty. If they paste Sanchez, unless they take his head off, nothing. I don't think it's premeditated in that way. I do think that's a on the field. You do know you're refereeing Tom Brady's game, right? You know who's playing. You know Peyton Manning's playing. And I think if you see a hit that's maybe questionable or a little late, Tom Brady's going to get that call. Mark Sanchez isn't. Same thing with a hold or, you know, well, not same thing as a hold, but to a lesser extent with a hold or a pass interference. Darrell Rivas is going to get away with more than, you know, Kyle Wilson is. Right. He may get away with a little more than Kyle Wilson does. I have a we're going to have to do a whole show on pass interference and holding. Yeah. Because that's a that's a, that's a big problem in the NFL. It's a huge problem. Especially pass interference. I don't know about you, Cal, but I think you – I am all in favor. Two changes I want to see in the NFL. One, I want to see free agency move to after the draft. And I know there's been a lot of push for this. There's been a lot of talk about this or whatever. I totally want to see that happen. It makes sense. Then you, And it's like John Itzik said at his press conference, or, or I should say on, on the phone with Mike Francesa. Okay. All right. Okay. Will Geno Smith be on the team June 1st? Um, yeah. Don't know. We just – I. but why male models? I just – you just – of course he is. That was oh, that was so tremendous. He made a mistake there, Cal. He did. He made a mistake. Francesa made a mistake. Yeah. And But Idzik knew he made a mistake. Exactly. And completely played along with it. Exactly. Well, Francesa caught his – because he asked him, I'm sorry? He said, like, what? Right. He's like, Geno Smith. Then Francesa realizes it and says, yeah, Geno Smith. Will he be on the team June 1st? And Idzik is like, I just told you why male models. Like, really? Seriously? So <laughs> – <laughs> wow, you, you got me. We're going to cut him. Yeah, that's it. We drafted him oh. five days ago. Man, you are good. Five days ago, we drafted him. We're going to go ahead and cut him. You broke me. We're going to cut him. <laughs> I, yeah. For those of you who don't know, we're referring to Mike Francesa's interview with John Itzik, general manager of the New York Jets, which was impromptu because John Itzik called in, which was great. And Mike Francesa asked him, Asked him with a straight face, will Geno Smith be on the team June 1st? What Mike Francesa wanted to ask was, will Mark Sanchez be on the team June 1st? But he said Geno Smith instead. And then then he said Mark Sanchez. Right. And then rather than admitting his mistake or admitting a mistake and saying, I meant Mark Sanchez, he said, yeah, Geno Smith is going to be on the team June 1st. Yeah, I think the guy that we drafted in the second round five days ago. I think he's going to be on the squad. I think we'll give him a shot. So anyway, uh, one is the, one is the free agency thing. John Itzik said, "Look, the draft, <laughs> the draft is for talent. The free agency is for need." 
take best player. I mean, it's it's like a it's a motto. The yeah. other the other one is pass interference should be fifteen yards. Fifteen yards. None of this spot of the foul crap. Fifteen yards. You know what else I'd like to see in that same vein? I'd like to see an unsportsmanlike conduct called on the player that whines and cries after every single play. Would love that. Where automatically he, you know, after the play, gets up with his arms outstretched looking at the ref. Would love it. It's like a dive. It's the same, it's the same concept. Totally agree. You know? And my, my team does it. Every team does it. I would have no problem with it. I, I don't doubt that it's not, te- it's not taught. It's some levels of, of football. Sure it is. So, total another conversation. Fifteen right. yards instead right. of five of the foul. But in right. football, yes, I think it, it exists in football. Again, right. I don't think it's necessarily premeditated, but I do think it exists. Absolutely. Okay. We've seen right. way too many games where Tom Brady gets a call that Mark Sanchez doesn't. Now we move to basketball. Now this is premeditated. This is where they originated. Absolutely. This is this is absolutely you see. Somebody said Artie said I think it was after game five maybe. Artie, our buddy from Yapank, who's a huge Knicks fan, he's a great Knicks fan. And I think it was after game five. Artie said if and he's right. If Carmelo Anthony got the same calls that LeBron James gets, he would have went to the line forty-one times in like in game five against the Celtics. Like, that's basketball to me is just wildly inconsistent. Wildly. And it started with Jordan to me. Although, you know, who knows? Probably Magic Bird. That probably happened as well. I think, you know why I think it's special with Jordan, Cal? Because it went on the defensive side, too. Right. Like, he would get away with hand checking or stuff because he was Jordan that they would call a foul on somebody else. So it went it, like for Jordan, the treatment was both ways. Like you couldn't breathe on Jordan, you'd get a foul, and then he would get away with like completely harassing guys on the defensive end. Yeah, I, I basketball to me is is off the chart. But that's you know what basketball has a huge problem anyway, because what's a foul? Right. Yeah, I mean, you, you try explaining basketball, NBA basketball, to somebody who's never watched the game. It would take you a month just to explain why there was a foul on that play. Like I, I mean, I've been watching basketball all my life, not religiously, but I've been watching basketball all my life. I don't know what a foul is anymore. Do you know how to take a charge, Cal? Do I? Yeah, do it per- right now. Personally? Stand, <laughs> Stand I just, up. I, I just did. Call Julia. Stand <laughs> up. Get your nine-year-old down there. I want to see a foul. Let's this go. Is how, this is how it happens. Um... What about, uh, so now what about hockey? I think. <laughs> which brings us to hockey, which is why I wanted to have the conversation in the first place. Um, I don't, I, I think it is. I absolutely. Pre- premeditated. Absolutely. Really? Absolutely. I think it's premeditated. But you Again, we're going to go a little tinfoil hat here. But I think it's premeditated for a team. And I, and I, and I definitely think when 87's on the ice, Different things are called than when he's not. Period. I mean, I don't think there's any way around that. And I think they've been doing it for for 10 years. You know, for 10, 15 years. I mean, Lemieux... Do you think Lemieux got calls like that? 
I think so. I don't think it was as obvious. Do you think Bossy got calls like that? See, I don't. No. I think Lemieux in the in the early nineties is the start of it. Well, Gretzky got them too. Gre- Gretzky absolutely did. But it was a you different know? game. It was a different game. Now, now the, la- game. the last thing I have on this last question, and, and then whatever else you've got, is there's a theory sometimes. Sometimes it's said tongue in cheek. Sometimes people really believe this that the league is mandating it for the good of the game, for the good of television ratings. Do you really believe that that happens? Do you think the league office calls down to the officials? Maybe not in during the game. We were joking about that at the Islander game. Yeah, you know, that the refs got the call from Toronto. But as an do you think that that actually happens? You really believe that? You really put me on the spot here, pal. We're being honest tonight. That's right. I forgot. How can I forget? We're I being... don't know why you keep forgetting that. Quite frankly, I forgot. Uh, Call I, a spade a spade. I don't think overtly. I don't think it's as overt as that. So you don't. So it's. I don't think it's for. I don't think it's. I. All right. Let me here, look. Look. The example comes up last year, the Rangers, right, in that series uh, against the uh, the Senators. Right. Right, before they went to – because they went to the conference finals, they lost to the Devils or whatever. But in the series before that with the Senators, it was hard fought and a Ranger got suspended and blah, blah, blah. And Ranger fans were saying it's a conspiracy you know, to keep the Rangers – because they want the Rangers out, which is the stupidest thing I've ever heard because – if anything, the NHL would love to have the Rangers in the Stanley Cup. It doesn't make sense there. So, like, here's the deal. It's it's a first-round series between the Miami Heat and the Washington Wizards. Okay? One versus eight. Heat, Wizards. Huge ratings if you have LeBron and company on national TV. Of course. The officials that are assigned to this... Series. I think you're. I think naive if you don't think that there's something there. You believe that Joey Crawford is the lead official for this series. Do you think he's getting a memo from the league offices saying, "Hey guys, keep an eye out on on the fouls with with LeBron and with Dwayne Wade, and and make sure that you do everything in your power that is not against the rules." to get these guys into the next round. Do I think it's a memo? No. <laughs> no, I'm being honest. Like, do I think there's like a paper trail? No, well, no, there can't no. be. But, but. Uh, and, and your question is great. It's very honest. And quite frankly, there's no doubt about it. I I, I don't think there's like a paper trail. But, I, but you I think don't there's think some you, sort of... Right. I don't think you need to be Oliver Stone... <laughs> to say there's maybe a call to Joey Crawford. Maybe the phones are tapped. We don't know. But no, maybe there's a call to Joey Crawford to say, hey, look, LeBron. You know? LeBron. It would be it would be in the league's best interest if the Heat move on. I envision, I envision them all sitting down for like a Chinese food meal. <laughs> And it's then some be street food, right? It's gotta well, be. 
only because some, you know, some shifty waiter comes out with a tray of fortune cookies. <laughs> you know, they crack into the fortune cookie, and there's just a simple message. Right. Fouls on LeBron. Right. It, or it just says LeBron. Uh, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Stern, Commissioner Sir. Uh, look, I'm not alone in thinking this. No, oh, no. I don't think you are. I think David Stern would rig anything to keep the NBA on top. Like a lottery? Like a lottery, say. Well, how did Sidney Crosby wind up on the Penguins? Coincidentally, after Mario Lemieux took over and had ownership. Oh, what a coincidence. They won the lottery. Well, it just so happened that that was the year that every team was in the lottery. Just so happens. It wasn't the top five teams that had a chance to win the lottery. It was every team. And, oh, they changed that rule the next year. So let's not even talk about the fact that Sidney Crosby, again, tinfoil hat, finally attuned, was gifted to the Penguins completely. Only because they couldn't – Only and, uh, and honestly, if they could have gifted him to Toronto, they would have. Well, they, they could have. That was the year that they could have. You know why they didn't, Bry? Because Lemieux bought the Penguins and kept them in Pittsburgh and saved the team. That was his gift. That was his payback. Like I said, I don't. I don't see. What do they call that? Quid pro quo. That is quid pro pro quo. A quid quid pro quo, Mister Lemieux. Gary Bettman is the least suave human being ever. Like, there's no chance. (laughs) He just has no ability to be a Bond villain. Like, there's no chance you can make Gary Bettman. He's, like, just sort of like this, like, little, you know, bookish guy or whatever. Like, there's no chance he can be a Bond villain. It's it's almost as if it's like Steve Carell cast as a Bond villain in an Austin Powers movie. Right. (laughs) Dr. Geek. Dr. Toolshed. <laughs> Here's the thing. Quid pro quo, Mr. Lemieux. <laughs> Let me get my slide rule. Uh, that's because everybody who's nerdy has a slide rule. Has a slide rule and a pocket protector. No doubt about it. <laughs> We're being honest. Uh, quite frankly. So that's... So that's where... one nerd without a, without a slide rule, Cal. Show me one nerd. Um, Mike Tannenbaum did not have a slide rule. That you know of. He, had a, he had a jet slide rule to keep it in this desktop. Slide like a jet? Hey. So, Salary cap. So, so, so I, think, I think to sum why, it up. Why is my geek Conan O'Brien's geek? That's, that's, I mean – that is the that is rule number one of the Sampede impression. Correct. Take someone else's impression and do an impression of that. <laughs> it's a third party <laughs> impression. <laughs> Conan. Conan is a very good geek, by the way. I I wish I could still watch that show. Well, you can. No, I can't. I just I don't have time or interest in any of those shows at all. It's not but, Conan's fault. But that but that is the beauty. And and this is for another time, but that's the beauty of of YouTube and I can't. I don't have time. Yeah, you'd be surprised. You know why though, Brian? The 
the problem is not even his show or the time. The problem is I've lost that genre. Like I have no interest in watching a late night talk show because I watch The Daily Show and right. I listen to WTF. Like every interview that I could possibly get on a show like that, I'm getting. Even like so much better. The interviews, but like some of the, some of the some of the bits that they do, yeah, are very clever. Jimmy Fallon is doing a great the, job right, right now. I catch the Fallon bits though. Yeah, but that, and that's what I mean. That's the that's the way to watch these yeah, shows now. I'm saying, you, I, I used to watch Conan. Yeah, you can't sit down and watch an hour long interview show anymore. I can't. No, it's the hacky. That is gone. Did you see Marin on Leno though? No, I really wanted to. And I, again, I'll YouTube. I'll I'll check that out on YouTube, and I'll get that. For that. that you'll watch. Yeah, I want to see him. He had never been on before. He was all nervous about it. Like I, I, he's never had Leno on WTF. I know. That I want to watch, but I, and I'll YouTube that. But that format, just overall, I have the Daily Show. The Daily Show completely replaced that time slot for me. Right. And then like Marin or even Jay Moore or whatever podcasts have replaced that interview format. I just don't need it. Well, fair enough. Last thing on this, and then I want to move on uh, to the actual Islanders and Rangers who are in overtime, Bry. That's right. Tied 1-1. Going to overtime. Wow. In pivotal game five. Game five is pivotal. Yeah. It's it's the most pivotal of a series. Of a seven game series, nothing more pivotal than a five. You you would yeah, you wouldn't get an argument uh argument out of me on that. That's the o- the only thing that would be remotely as pivotal would be three. But the ramifications are not as great. <laughs> wow. That's well you broke that down perfectly, Doctor Jack. Good job over there. I've been watching this for years. I got more where that comes from, too. Yeah, I see that. Um, but the last thing on this, and and I I I bring it up because you and I have been watching sports for a really long time. We've been watching them live. We've been watching them on TV. We're uh, what you would call addicted. <laughs> uh, we love our teams. We're passionate about our teams. We've seen very little success. Outside of four straight Stanley Cups, maybe one of the greatest dynasties in professional sports. 1986 for the Mets. We've never seen a Jets Super Bowl. We've seen very little success with our teams. That that feeling of maybe the thing is rigged against you is just so hard for me to swallow right now. Because it's so it's been so seldom that our teams have gotten even into the playoffs let alone you know had a shot somewhere like this is obviously a surprising run by the islanders we thought at best maybe they could challenge for an eight spot and they hit the playoffs running and if it hadn't been for that stupid 2-1 loss to the flyers they wouldn't be playing the penguins right now mm-hmm. but no, they're in the series. They're in it, and I just hate losing. Like, they lost last night 4 nothing. They got outplayed. They got manhandled. Their goaltending was awful. Fine. I can swallow that. I can swallow that. They got beat by a much better team last night who played great. And after that second goal that uh, Nabokov let in, that super Mr. Softy softball team, uh... You know, they they were completely deflated, and they were outplayed from then on. And then Thomas Volkun made the big saves when he needed to. JT had a couple of beautiful breaks in. 
great shots on, uh, a poso in the first period, etc., etc. They got beat. I can live with that. But I never want to feel like I'm watching sports and I'm watching my teams that I invest so much time and love and emotion in and feel like the thing is rigged. No, that's how we walked out of game three. And that's how we walked out of game three. That's exactly right. You know, it was it was discouraging because they left everything out on the ice and we felt like it they was outplayed them. We felt like it was decided by the referee. They thoroughly outplayed them in that game. For fifty five of the sixty five minutes they played or sixty eight minutes they played, the Islanders thoroughly outplayed them. And you that that's what I never want to feel. I don't want I don't want that feeling in sports. You've I've had it, you know, a ton for the Jets in playoff games, but you know, when the Jets lost to the Pits, to the Steelers in the AFC Championship game a couple of years ago, they lost. They got down 24 nothing. They came all the way back. But they they didn't come back far enough. So, you know, the, I didn't feel the game was rigged. And it's not necessarily that I feel like it's fixed. That's not what I mean. It's just you don't want to feel like you're up against something you can't defeat. Like it, like we were saying when we were walking out of the game, right? It's one thing to have to beat the number one seed and the six players on the ice. It's a lot. It's awfully difficult to beat those six players and the two referees. I just I I think I agree, but I think just to play devil's advocate a little bit here. Oh, that's another one. So we're gonna be honest. Quite frankly, no doubt about it. And then the classic devil's advocate. I was waiting for it. Yeah, I was waiting to pull this one out. I think this is a good <laughs> part for it, though. It's a good spot. It's got to be incredibly difficult to maintain the consistency that everybody is looking for from these officials. I mean, you're. Is it, is it that hard, Brian? Yeah, I think it is. I think because I think we always talk about this that. A lot of times you forget that athletes are human beings too. Yeah. And they, and and society or environments will affect the way the the athlete as a human reacts to certain things. Sure. And and we can't expect them to perform like video game players. Um I think the same the same applies for officials. And if you've got you know you're in a football game and there's 80,000 screaming fans, it's going to be really difficult for an official to not be affected by that or influenced by that. Definitely fair. You know, and, and I, just, I just think that they should always strive for consistency, and that's the goal, one way or the other. Call everything, call nothing, make sure you're calling the same thing for both teams. But that's but there you just hit the nail on the head for the problem with that game and the problem that that is rampant in the NA, uh, in the NHL to me, and that is okay. I get it. You're going to swallow your whistle. You're going to be consistent. You're not going to call this. You're not going to call that for the last ten minutes of a game. You can't make that call in overtime. I agree with you, and they shouldn't have made that call. I'm just saying. But I'm saying why can you be consistent when you're giving star treatment, but you can't be consistent overall? It's it's. Sidney Crosby gets star treatment and gets Jordan Rule treatment no matter where or when he plays. Why is it they can be consistent with that? Yeah, that's a good point. No, I, I – No, you're right. It would be you're... crazy not to say that you know, 80,000 screaming fans aren't going to affect a guy or girl. 
you know, because there's female officials in the NBA and stuff like that. Like, you, you'd be crazy. These 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 people are human beings. I do get that. Well, there well there's one exception. Angel Hernandez. Uh, Robo Ump. <laughs> Robo Ump. <laughs> he could he could be consistent. He just needs to be programmed to be consistent, and right. we don't have to worry about it. We need Robo Ump. That's it. They they need to they need a whole society of Robo Umps. That is a that is a strike. You have 15 seconds to comply. You are out. <laughs> um, you know, there's a, a PJ mentioned the RoboCop remake, right? Yes. With uh, I don't know who that is. That with, uh, it's an unknown, but Keaton's in it. So with Zac Efron. That is Zac Efron. <laughs> what was the song that was playing during the Islander game? <laughs> this has happened to me a lot lately now. Like, I'm starting to envision... I'll hear a song, and I'm starting to... It's mostly because I don't listen to a ton of popular music anymore. Right, so, that's all That's all I listen to. It's all I'm forced to listen to. Right. So, like, a song today that comes up on Pandora for me by uh, Cold War Kids. Yes. Hang Me Up to Dry, or whatever it's called. Uh-huh. It, it's like six years old. Right. And I'm sure I've like heard it once or twice before. But to me, today, it's brand new. It's, it's this fresh new tune. <laughs> you know, that I mean, that's the, the glorious part about being old. <laughs> like, it's like, that song's six years old. New to me. Hey. It's awesome. New music. Sweet. It counts. Yeah. But I also uh, almost immediately envision how it will be used in a movie. You know, like in how much play the Cold War kids. What's that? Uh, oh, it was uh, we all. No, what's the uh, we all go on and on? Dun, 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 dun. What's who's that? Um, Unsteady, we all go right. on. And oh, on. Modest Mouse. Modest Mouse, right? That song's like thirteen years old. It should be at least in five movies in the next three years. <laughs> I have to uh I wish I could remember what song that was I turned to you during the Islander game and said though. <laughs> this is no doubt in five movies in the next five years. And if it's not in a Zach Efron montage, I'm gonna be extraordinarily disappointed. The other great thing was uh <laughs> Scott the Islander fan. Right. Who who, you know, astutely observed that inside the Nassau Coliseum it's always nineteen eighty eight. You're just trans that's your DeLorean. You always go back to 1988, right? When they're when they're like blasting Crazy Train or, or like Kiss. or Kiss or Journey in between periods, you expect to see on the scoreboard at the Nassau Coliseum next week. Rush. <laughs> what? Well, no, wait, that could happen next week. <laughs> Poison, you know. With oh, wait, that could happen too. But you know what I mean. But, yes. <laughs> Original lineup, Journey, like right. that, like. <laughs> It's just always 1990 or 1988 in the in the in the Nassau Coliseum. It's totally true, and people are into it. Like, oh, they love it. Thirty eight special plays, and it's like, yes, sweet. We're on Long Island. Uh, I don't. I don't know if you guys knew this. We're from Long Island. Here's a little. Here's here's a little uh, crazy train. Let's do this. Is that rat? Is that round and round by rat? Sweet. 
And the players are into it. They're skating around the ice. And... Yeah, that's totally. They, they... Half of them weren't born. No. Actually, like 90% of them weren't oh, born yeah. when, these songs, when these songs were were out. I think it's just the coaches and the refs. That's it. The only ones out there. I have to just real quick on, on, the, on the... Coach, I totally forgot about that. It really is. It's like Hot Tub Time Machine in the that National Coliseum is... at all times. It's consistently 1988. That was great. And um, we always talk about Scratch Bomb on this show, Matthew Cowan, yeah. who's just a tremendous writer. He threw out a tweet this week about how he envisions the Great Gatsby ending. <laughs> Did you see this one? No. And it was more, it was something along the lines of DiCaprio says, that sure is great, Gatsby, and then turns to the camera and winks, and then two princes plays, and the credits roll. And it's just, I was just dying when I read that. <laughs> two princes. Sure is great, Gatsby. Gatsby. Anyway. Oh, man. Spin doctors. That's another. You won't. That's two. That's two nineties for the college. Yeah. No, you, that would can't have that. No. All right. So let's talk about the actual uh, uh, the actual game tomorrow night, real quick, like two like two minutes. What was really interesting to me today, Brian, is that you, I for one, want to start Kevin Poolin tomorrow night for the Islanders. Um, I was. So surprised at the amount of resistance that was met with among Islander fans. Like, and and my contention was simply, it's not just about the future. Like that was sort of the tenant. I, I started talking to Jeff Capolini, uh, Green Lantern Jet, who we were supposed to have on the show, uh, but he we we're going to make that work for next week. Um, but uh, Green Lantern Jet, who's a great Islander fan, he writes uh, for WCBS. You know, and the fan and um, is just a great, huge Islander fan. Writes really good stuff. Uh, check him out. But he he was staunchly in favor of Nabarkov starting and not losing the job. You play Poolin next year. Now's not the time to see what you have or whatever. And that was my thing. Was that was only half my contention. <laughs> the other part of my contention or my argument for playing Poolin was. I think he gives you the best chance to win tomorrow night because I think Nabokov is shot. He's been awful in this series and he's played 46 games in, you know, four months. And he just looks so slow. Cal, they know how to beat him. All they have to do is shoot at his glove hand. And they, they, they mean they beat him three times there the other night. If it's not, if it's not for flurry being worse than him, you know, in the, in the first five games of the series, they're already home because he has not been good. Breakaway percentage is 100%. 100%. You get a breakaway, you're scoring mm -hmm. e easily. Like you, the, the Islanders' defense literally cannot allow a breakaway because it's a goal. It's, it's, I, I just My contention was you have – it's two things there. You can see what Poulin is all about. He's played two periods. It's not like he hasn't been on the ice. He has played two periods in relief. He's at home. You have the you have the advantage of making the line changes last. You can get the matchups you want. So he might be the future, and he might be the better option right now. So that was I I I just thought you could make it. It's like it's not like we're talking about benching Billy Smith here. 
Nevenny Nabokov. You know, he's 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 not. Let's take it easy. He's been solid. He was solid this year. He was fantastic in in April. He was awful in February. Awful. So and he's and he's been bad in the playoffs before this year. And he's been terrible. He's not a good playoff goalie. So it's not like you can't make the argument. Like I was just surprised at that. Like you can't even. You, there's no way you should even consider it. There's really? no doubt about it. <laughs> That's it. Thank you. I, look, I, I I agree on the argument. You there there. It's a fair argument to make. Um, I think I probably would have given Poulin a shot. I'm I'm really on the fence about it. But if I had to if I had to lean one way or the other, I probably would have given it to Poulin. But I can absolutely understand why he's not. I yeah. absolutely understand I mean, it, it, and I'm and I'm okay and I'm okay with it. I didn't think it was a change Jack Capuana was going to make. I don't think but that... But he could have, and he shouldn't have been facing in, you know, an angry Islander nation if he did. I mean, it's, it's a Benny Nabokov. He's not been great. Does he give you your best chance to win tomorrow night? I, I don't know that you can necessarily say that Poulin gives you the best chance. I just I don't think either one of them is a great option going into game six. Right, but Poulin can't be worse. He has a chance to be. He could. Better. He could be worse. How can he be worse than the goals that that Vanyabakov is giving up, Cal? He could be worse. I I disagree. I mean, that, he was non-competitive, Cal. He is not an NHL goalie in those two games. He's not. Well, in those. And, games, and again, if Mark Andre Fleury wasn't a sieve. Or you could argue. You could argue that overall, Nabokov has been worse than Fleury in the series, because Fleury Fleury pitched a shutout in Game One. And, and Nabokov gave up five goals. Right. So I'm I'm just saying, it's it's it, Nabokov has been overshadowed by Flurry, but I think he's actually played worse than him. I I agree. But I think what you said is true. He's shot. He's 36 years old, and he's played a lot of games. And I just I don't think he's got anything left in him. And and I can't blame him. I can't blame him. I'm not going to kill him for it. I know a lot of Islander fans are really outraged at, at the way that he played. And it's disappointing, and, and, and you hate to see it. But I can't kill him because no. I think there's a lot of factors at play. And I think that they don't get into the playoffs without him. I Look, I want to shake his hand and say thank you for getting this team here. Thank you for being a professional. Thank you for helping this young team get to the playoffs. It was important in their growth. you know. And he's a free agent next year. You want to take backup money? Come here and back up either Poulin or Nilsson. Or Koskinen, whatever. If the goal, or if they go get, you know, Miller, whatever they do, great. You thank him for his service. You thank him for being a professional, for sticking it out for two years, and for getting them to the playoffs. Even though he didn't do it by himself, by any means. You know, thank you for being decent and professional, and that's it. You move on, but you don't owe him anything. You well, don't owe, you don't owe him to start that game tomorrow night. No, you don't. You don't. You don't owe him, but. There's something to be said for sticking but, with what got you here. But that was the argument. The ar- but he. But you can make the argument he's not what got you here. You can make the argument that he's a portion of what got you here. He's part. He is part of what got you and here. A and then small you, one. Uh, you can't say small. That's not fair. You're not being Cal, fair to him. Cal, look at his look at his save percentage. Look at his goals against. I mean, we're talking in, about a below av- league average goalie in the playoffs. No, overall. Yeah. 
Cali had a 9.10 save percentage. The league average is 9.17. He had a 2.54 goals against. The league average is 2.4. He was an average goalie at best. The team played better in April. Played better defense. Well, and that's 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 the other part of this, is that their lack of depth is being exposed here. Exactly. Exactly. Break the news. I think, uh, you know, let's talk about this other series because the, the Washington Capitals just uh, scored 10 minutes and 36 seconds into overtime. Um, uh, it looks like Mike Ribeiro uh, to take a 3-2 series lead over the Rangers. Cal, I watched a little of this game before we came on tonight. I watched about 30 minutes of it, 35 minutes of it, most of the second period. And um, and into the uh, – and no, actually almost all of the second period. Really good series. Oh, the series I has been great. Tight, tight, tight series. That's two out of the five games have gone to overtime. Yep. Um, one than, goal games. All than one goal games. The last, the two games at the Garden, games three and four, came down to the final minute, a frantic final minute for the Rangers to hold on to those two games. It, this has been an unbelievable series. Uh, you know how I feel about uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Of course, I would love to have a goalie on the Islanders right now, <laughs> considering what the goal. But the goaltending situation on the Islanders is the last thing that needs to be fixed, right? I think oh, it's, so. it's, the, it's the last thing they haven't addressed. You know, they uh, have young yeah. prospects everywhere. They'll be able to bring in a veteran. They brought in Viznovsky. They brought in a veteran defenseman, for example. But anyway, uh, huge, again, pivotal game five. Is there another kind? Not so the, the two, two Wow, the Caps take a 3-2 lead. So game six will be Sunday, it looks like, at 7.30. Um, no. I think they're going to play in the afternoon because Toronto won. Toronto won, so Toronto would be the 4.30 game. Is that how it's going to go? Okay. I thought 7.30 game. I thought it was the other way around. Okay. The other way around. And then, of course, if the Islanders do somehow force a game seven. They would play Sunday night. They would have to. So it has to be 22 hours. Right, because, yeah, they're playing Saturday night. Playing Saturday night. That's the NHL rule. The NHL that, rule that's has travel. to be two hours. The earliest they could play is five on which, Sunday. Which, you know, is a good thing because it's Mother's Day. Hey, we'll take it. I'm going to be at the Met game, Cal. On Mother's Day? Yeah. Huh. Little tradition that you know about is that we usually, my wife uh, takes me and now my son to the Met game on my birthday. Right. My birthday was last week. Uh, we would have gone on Sunday. They were out of town. Uh, no game on Monday. Otherwise, we would have went Monday night. Well, we also went to the Islander game on Sunday, too. So We went to the Islander game on Sunday. Um, and so we're going this Sunday for my okay. birthday slash Mother's Day. Oh, uh, that Mother's Day is part of that deal? Yes. Oh, how nice. Yes. Teresa likes the ball game on Mother's Day. Oh, good. Good. I mean, it's a nice day. She goes, you know, we have a we have a hot dog, we, we you know, hang out and she she likes a ball game live. The Wiggles will be there on Sunday, by the way. Oh, where, my friend? Yes, I thought you might be. And I'll tell you what, there's a 2.5-year-old <laughs> 2 years 5 months who is quite aware. That's the sell. I don't. I don't think. Also, Matt Harvey's pitching. That's right. It's Harvey Day. Uh, weather permitting. 
Weather permitting. That's right. Although it's supposed to be really nice Sunday, it's supposed to be bad tomorrow. They're calling for rain. So I don't know if that changes. You ruined everything. Why do you have to ruin Christmas? You... I didn't ruin anything. Um. So anyway, I will be uh, uh, at the uh, the game there Sunday. If the Islanders somehow do force a game seven, that's a big day. It's a huge day. That game during the day. I won't be able to watch that game till late. The Islander game. That'll have to be a, on a DVR, put the wife to bed situation. <laughs> wow. Well, I mean, I'm not going to give her like tryptophan or anything. I got, you know, she's going to fall asleep early. Get a drugger. Yeah, exactly. It's <laughs> like the Seinfeld with the box wine. <laughs> um. So last thing on the Islanders. Um. Well, I think we're good. We're good. I think we're good. Big game six. Do they have a shot? Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. I I prefer Poulin. I think they have a better shot with Kevin Poulin. I really do. And and you know what? He's got to be on a short leash. Two goals in the first period. He's got to be gone, Cal. Sorry, he's got to be on a short leash. I got a short hook for him in this game. He's on a pitch count here. I see that because because the game that game could get away from them quickly. Yeah, that, I I I worry more about the fact that Pittsburgh might have that killer instinct tomorrow. Yeah. More more so than the Islanders playing poorly. I think the Islanders could play really well and it won't matter. Right, and they could still lose 5-4 or 4-3 or something. Or they could lose 3-2. I mean, the Islanders could really come out yeah. strong and Pittsburgh could just be like, "Okay, we're, you know, we're done here." Yeah. You know what sucks is that I can't I almost can't imagine Nabokov holding them to three goals. He hasn't in six, in five games. That's what I'm saying. Like, I almost can't. I, know. I feel like it's going to take five goals to win a game. Well, and you've only scored three goals against Vokun in, like, 200 minutes this year. In four games. In or more. Five, five games. Five games, yeah. Yeah, five games. They scored three goals against him. So yeah. I, I, I think the move to Vokun might have turned the series... Well, he didn't do. I mean, he didn't do anything extraordinarily. Loud. Yeah, he made he made some. He, he made some. He made three big saves. He made some big saves, and he made them early, which was when the Islanders needed to beat him. Yes, like we said, if they score a goal in that first period, it's a different game. It might have been. Might have been a different game, no doubt about it, though. Cal, let's be honest. Let's be honest. Quite frankly, if they score in the first period, and I have no proof of this, there's no way I could ever prove this. It's completely speculation. There's no doubt about it. Well, that's just the way it is because they're the Penguins. That's right. All right, let's uh, let's move on. I got a, I got a couple things here for you. Okay. Okay. You want to go rapid fire style? Yeah. Shoot them off. Knicks. Pacers. Okay, round two here. What are you, Piscopo? <laughs> I think Knicks. Pacers. The big story. Knicks. That was it. The big story. Knicks. Eighty-six. Exciting, thrilling, awesome. awesome. Let's take a look. <laughs> somebody somebody referenced actually I sort of brought it up, but somebody referenced <laughs> <laughs> They sort uh, of referenced it they sort of referenced it by accident and I sort of took the conversation. I think it was John Presser. Oh, hashtag humblebreg. That's right. www.ilovemehoodoyoulove.com. dot org. Backslash, backslash, humble brag. <laughs> um, and I uh, trademarked that by the way, Cal. Get that, get that domain name. Already done. Yeah. I 
he sort of accidentally brought up Chico Escuela by saying, like, going to see some afternoon baseball or whatever. And I went back and watched all the Chico Escuela stuff. Cal, it is so good. I know. So good. The, uh, Bill Murray is terrific. The Bill Murray, the Bill Murray spot. <laughs> Bad things about the Mets. That was Chico Escuela's book. In his new book, Bad Things About the Mets. <laughs> the best is he's reading it. He does the uh, Tom Seaver. Was it Tom Seaver? Ed Cranepool? Ed Cranepool. Borrow Chico he's... soap. Never give it back. That never happened. Right. He goes, he goes, pretty rough stuff. <laughs> it's like, I'm so mad. But he's reading it to Ed Cranepool in, Tom... the, in, the, right. in the locker room. That never happened. Right. Pretty rough stuff. Tom Seaver, always take up two parking spots. <laughs> so good. Oh, Chico Escuela. <laughs> Baseball, been very, very good to me. Baseball, not very, very good to Mets. Um, but the Knicks and the Pacers, uh, round two. I just want to get your quick opinion about Amari. And about Amari Stoudemire coming back, playing some minutes, getting some burn, coming back. This has been the uh, the hot topic. You shop at Hot Topic there, Cal? Oh yeah. Yeah, I got Good a cards. I, I got a watch from there once. Yeah, it was great. I I wore that watch for like ten years. Nah, yeah. ten years is strong. Seven years. Was it like a Swatch watch? No, the leather band, like a cuff. Oh, nice. And that was back in my twenties when that was fine to do that. Not I, so much now. I put that watch on today. They're kicking me out of wherever I am. Anywhere but the Nassau Coliseum. <laughs> no, that's way too 90s for the Nassau Coliseum. Oh, that's Coliseum. true. That's true. You can't. I can't have a watch on it. If it's just a leather cuff, I'm fine. <laughs> but the watch puts it in the 90s. That's true. Yeah, I can't have that. See, I'm 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 perpetually stuck in like 1993. <laughs> Like I have ninety three to ninety five. I have my my uh, khaki shorts, you know, my cargo shorts, your flannel shirt, my flannel shirt, you know, wrapped around my waist with a t shirt on. Right, the thermal, the thermal, the thermal. <laughs> Got that. With my louder than love t shirt on, or like my, uh, you know, maybe there's in uh, definitely albums or bands I've never listened to. Your boots. Yeah, my, my that's right. The work boots. The work boots. Sure. Bands I've listened to now, definitely didn't listen to at the time. No. No. Like the like the Ramones T-shirt. Didn't like the Ramones. Still no. Doesn't matter. Had Ironic. That's right. That's correct. My Pixies T-shirt. Yeah, of course. Had to. Because <laughs> <laughs> I love the Breeders. Are you kidding? The Deal Sisters. Come on. <laughs> yeah, that's where I that's where I'm stuck. Uh Love Spit Love, of course. Love Spit Love. No new no new tale to tell. <laughs> oh, that's uh Love and Rockets. That's Love and Rockets. Love what, and Rockets. What was Love Spit Love? Love Spit Love was um what's his face from uh 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 Paul Westerberg. Wasn't it Paul Westerberg? Maybe. I gotta look that up. Tremendous band name, by the way. Love Spit Love. Love. That was not a wasted band name. Ooh. Negatory, good buddy. No, it wasn't Paul Westerberg. Paul Westerberg, wait a minute. No, Paul Westerberg was the replacements, wasn't he? Yeah, I'm thinking of uh, Love Spit Love is um, 
Psychedelic oh. Furs, Richard that's, Butler. That's what I'm thinking of. Love Spit Love was founded in 1992 by Singer. Boy, you nailed it. 1992. I mean, it's perfect. That's wheelhouse of of our generation. Yeah. Richard Singer Richard Butler following the initial disbanding of the Psychedelic Furs, another tremendous band name. Psychedelic, Psychedelic Furs. Furs. Come on. Again, had the T-shirt. Never listened to an album. Could not pick out a Psychedelic Furs song if it if it spit on my face. <laughs> If it kicked me in the shins while if walking... It, if it love spit love on your face. If it love spit love all over me. Wow, that's filthy. Um, uh, what do you think, though, of Amari in this series? And what, do you, and what do you think it means for the Knicks off a huge win in Game 2, like a great comeback win, sort of wrestle control back of the series, tremendous second quarter, everybody was ready to give... That's, I, that's what I can't take about the Knicks. I mean, it's the same thing in hockey. But... I don't know why the Islander loss after game one or even after game four like wasn't as catastrophic as – or I should say after game three. wasn't as catastrophic as like the Knicks losing game one. Like people were like, that's it. It's over. Trade Carmelo. If we still had Timothy, Moz- Timothy Mozgov, we'd be in good shape. If we were still the Nuggets. Like, well, I'll tell you why. There's a very, there's a very simple reason why. It has to do with expectation level. Uh, right? So, so it's like a Yankee thing. Yeah. So that's it's a it's very much like a Yankee thing. And I would imagine that had the Islanders gone up in the Pittsburgh series at any point, that the fans in Pittsburgh would have been throwing you know throwing themselves. Well, they were. Well, and they weren't even up. That's right. my point. When the Islanders tied it at two, they were right. people were you know freaking yeah. out. When when there's an expectation that you're going to win a series, right? When and, and I'm not talking about winning a championship necessarily, but at least certainly if you are favored in the series and at any point you go down in that series, there's panic at the disco immediately. Yeah. Here's I know you hate Craig Carton. I know you do. I do too, for the most. I, mean, I hate. I mean, hate's a strong word. You don't hate anybody. We don't. Uh, we don't go for his act. How's that? I do hate Michael K. Right. <laughs> Sorry. Let's, let me amend that statement. Hate is a strong word, except for Michael K. Him I hate. <laughs> totally agree. But you, you don't listen to Carton anymore. Carton's a, a difficult for you to take. He made a great point the other day, Bri. He really did. Nick fans act as if the Knicks are the Yankees, and they're not. They haven't won a championship in 40 years. That's a good point. And they act like they, you know, the garden is, and and I give all credit to Craig Carton. It was a great point. They act like the garden is the Mecca and they've had Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig on their team. And they are the class of the, you know, of the NBA or whatever. They, there's this great expectation. Like they've won 10 championships in the last, you know, 20 years and they haven't. He's like, they're closer to the Mets than they are to the Yankees. And that's the truth. In fact, the Mets have won a championship in the, t- in the 40 years since the Knicks have won one. And I, you know what? It's spot on. It really is spot on. And he, his, his point was about Carmelo and how Knicks fans treat Carmelo Anthony. And, and how Knicks fans you know, uh, don't appreciate Carmelo Anthony for the player that he is, that the, the fact that they have a top five scorer in the NBA. 
He's not a top five player. I'm sorry. He's just not. He's a top five scorer, easily. He was the best scorer this year. Yeah, he's the top five offensive player in the game, without a doubt. <laughs> See? See what I did? <clears throat> no, but he is. He's, it, the, he's, uh, I, I believe he's the top five scorer in the game. But he's not a he's not a great all around player. So he, I, I to me you can't put him as a top five player. But anyway, not only is there no doubt about it, there's no question about it either. Make no mistake. Or that too. How can you? How see now? I have a problem. I have a problem bagging on this one because I love it from Butch Boring. Make no mistake. Yeah. That's Butchie's call for a, for a goal for the Islanders. He makes no mistake. Oh, I love it. It's becoming like a signature call. That's that's not that's not what we're talking about though. It's when someone is telling you to make no mistake about it. It's, it's the it's the command. Make no mistake about it. Carmelo is not a Wake top. up. Cal, wake up. So now here's conversely, what's the mistake that you could make? <laughs> like you've now been ordered to make no mistake. Right now I'm like, under pressure. Right now, if you do now, if you well, no, I I I believe he is a top five player. You've now made a mistake. You made a mistake. And then what? Disaster. Does anybody ever? Does anybody know? Are there reported the repercussions from I making a mistake? I'm not sure it's ever happened. I think <laughs> once you've been ordered to not make a mistake, I don't think anybody not question it. <laughs> I don't think anybody sticks around long enough to find out what happened. No, you don't want to know. You don't want to know. You make that mistake. Listen, make no mistake about it. Wake up. Okay? Wake up, people. Um, so, Amari? I think it's going to be very interesting. There's, there has always been the fear, and, and, it's a, and it's a very real fear that when Amari comes back, the team is out of sync. Yep. And it's happened this year. It's happened. I think it's just been proven that they don't they don't gel on the court. They don't play well together, for whatever reason. Yeah, you know. And trying to insert Amari at this stage of the playoffs too. You know, it was kind of like they were talking about Derrick Rose coming back for the Bulls. I think that's, that's different, though. It's it's different, but it's also again Derrick Rose is a difference maker. I don't know if Stoudemire is, is is necessarily a difference maker at this at this stage of the game. Here's the way I was thinking of it. See if I, I'd like to see if maybe you agree, or 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 can see where I'm going. Who's been getting those ten or fifteen minutes a night? Is it is it Copeland usually, or you know, it's it's a couple of guys right that are getting those ten fifteen minutes that that Stoudemire is going to play. Right. If he's eighty ninety percent. Isn't he a better option for those ten? Just overall, yeah. Isn't he a better player and a better option than say Copeland for those ten, twelve minutes? Yes, he's because he's a better player. He's just a better player, right? But that doesn't necessarily mean he's the best fit, right? But he's not going to come in and get thirty minutes of time. No, he's not. I mean, he's but... not going to come in and play twenty-five minutes if he can be better than. Give you more than Copeland's giving you in those ten, twelve minutes. It's worthwhile. Yes, in theory. <laughs> right. But we've seen. I but mean, the game, the game isn't played in theory, Cal. 
I don't know. I, I may have just coined one. I like that. The game isn't played <laughs> in theory. In theory. No, 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 no. The game isn't played in theory. <laughs> right. That's your answer to if someone were to say, in theory. <laughs> oh, no. Well, the game's not played in theory. Unless you're in theory, Maryland. I mean, if then you, if you're in theory, the city of. Is that a place? I'm sure there is. In Maryland? I just I jumped at Maryland. Oh, is that is that so? Is that is that a place really? Right, <laughs> Al Albuquerque. <laughs> <laughs> I just bro. I just jumped at I just jumped at Maryland, but I'm sure there's a theory, that a town of theory. I feel like New Mexico. <laughs> it just sounds right, doesn't it? Like it's probably <laughs> next to Truth or Consequences. <laughs> theory, New Mexico. <laughs> it's it's a neighboring town. And you know there's a bar there called Conspiracy, right? <laughs> it's gotta be it's gotta be near Roswell. <laughs> there's gotta be a bar. Where are you going tonight, Conspiracy? Where is it at? Theory, New Mexico. Oh, I see what's going on here. Come to Conspiracy in Theory, New Mexico. You like what I did there? <laughs> I see I see what you did there. Very clever. How's that working out for you? Now I gotta look it up. I'm I'm intrigued at the Nick game. If it wasn't for the Islanders playing at the same time, yeah. yeah. They just for some reason they seem to be playing at this every game seems to be scheduled at the same time as the Islanders, so it's been very difficult to keep track of the Knicks. Conspiracy. It's conspiracy. It's MSG. It's Dolan wants to go up against the 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 Islanders. Dolan tells the league go up against the Islanders. Not going up against the Rangers, but I don't. I don't. How do they not have a game tonight, Cal? They've been playing every two days the entire series. How do they not have a game tonight? But James who, Dolan who, who only did have a game. Oh, who did have a game tonight? The Rangers, but the, I, but the Islanders the are uh, on the road. He's trying to take viewers away from the Islanders. But the right. Islanders are on MSG, taking attention. MSG Plus. My friend, but he, but he owns the MSG networks. Um, that's not what I'm talking. I'm just talking about Buzz. He's trying to take Buzz away from the Islanders. What are they going to be talking about? What are they going to be, uh, if the if the Knicks and the Islanders play on the same night? What are they going to be talking about on sports radio the next day? Talk about the Knicks. You know it. I know it. That's actually not what happened after Game Four. Believe it or not. That's only because New York's number one. Got John Tavares. Because they had to. Because you can't ignore the Hart finalist. Hey, look. There's no good reason to give the Knicks and three days off. None. Except that eh, the Rangers played tonight. Oh, look at that. On the road. I don't think that that's really what happened. But Listen, if you don't think, all right, you're wrong. Make no mistake about it. Let's be honest. Quite frankly. And no doubt about it. This idea that there's no conspiracy? This idea. Don't that, tell me. That Bettman and Stern are not in Mr. Dolan's hip pocket is insane. And if you don't, you don't see it, you're wrong. You're wrong. Right. That's the other thing. If, you don't, if you don't agree with this, you're, you're wrong. just wrong. You don't, or you don't know what you're talking about. You definitely don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Wake up. Cal, wake up. 
Okay. Um, I am interested in that Nick situation. It's a good series, you know. It's, it's not. It's certainly not over. It's it's a five game series now. Best, of, best, five. best of five. Indiana is is just a tougher team than the Knicks are used to playing. They struggle with Indiana. They they go on the road to Indiana tomorrow night, where the Pacers were like what like forty and one. I mean, they were they're the best home team in the NBA, right? Or one of the one of the extraordinarily difficult to beat on the road. We'll see. We'll see what this team is made of. I like Mike Woodson, Cal. Yeah, I, I, do. I do too. Like him, and he sounds. I mean, everybody said it. He does sound just like Tone Luke. It's not. I mean, you can't. I, I know Broomer and Carton do it all the time. But you can't get around it. I can't think of too many other figures in professional sports that sound as much like a, and I use celebrity here loosely, celebrity as Mike Woodson sounds like Tone Lope. I mean, you could easily, easily play the audio from a Mike Woodson press conference and pass it off as Tone Lope. Easily. You wouldn't have to do anything to it. You wouldn't have to doctor it. You could say, this is Tone Loke. He coaches high school basketball now. Mm. I agree. I, I would pay quite a bit of money to hear him say, Funky Cole Medina. Just, I, feel, I feel like they must have gotten him to do it at some point. How could they not? Right. How could they not? I, I hope if they did, they recorded it. <laughs> and it's on somebody's answering machine. You read, you read Samari Sadamar, Funky Cole Medina. Maybe it's Amari's. Uh The other thing is maybe J.R. Smith can not shoot 70, 80 times. Yeah, J.R. Smith has been having a rough playoffs. Well, you know what? Maybe, uh, maybe, maybe the playoffs could use a little time off the juice. You know, the booze. Maybe, maybe well. take a night off, guy. Huh? Hey, look, he likes he likes to live life. Yeah, well, he's going to be living life uh, in Sacramento next year if he keeps this up. All right, last thing mm. that I have, my friend. We're not even going to talk about Geno Smith, and the, not, I, I don't even – I can't. Why is Sal Palantonio at Jets rookie camp today? I got another, I got another easy answer. Another easy answer. He did not receive the memo. Tim Tebow is no longer on the team. But, I mean, were they, was ESPN at Bill's camp today? At Bill's rookie camp for E.J. Manuel's first day? You know, he was well, the number number 16 overall pick. Yeah, but E.J. Manuel is not a lazy diva like Gina the, Smith is. He was the only quarterback taken in the first round. No. He, why, he, why, why are they not at Bill's rookie camp, I wonder? Because the Jets are a circus. Oh, right. My bad. Right? My bad. They're, a circus. They're a circus. And Rex Ryan giving his press conference today. Cal, I don't know if you saw it. It was up it's on not, the Jets no. website. It was great. You would have liked this Rex press conference. He ripped Quentin Coples. He didn't rip him. He tweaked him. Why? He wants. It's clear that he loves him. He called him out for not working hard enough in the weight room yesterday. Now, wait a minute. Um, would that be considered publicly shaming him? No. Are you sure? Because I I was reading. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty sure. It it sounded like Rex publicly humiliated Quentin because that's the route that he took. Yeah. No, I know that's the phrasing Yahoo used. 
or uh, or uh, Pro Football. Was it Pro Football Weekly? Pro Football well, Weekly. Yeah. Said that they uh, Rex has taken to publicly shaming Quentin Copeland. Yeah, no, no, didn't do that. Pro Football Talk. Pro Football Talk. PFT. Mike Florio. Pretty freaking <laughs> terrible. Yeah, pretty freaking terrible. Um, yeah, no, he didn't uh, do that at all. He, he tweaked him a little bit. It was good. You know, this is this is the same publication that says Rex overpraises his players. But so when he goes the other way and tries to maybe motivate one of his players, he's publicly shaming him. Hmm. Good job, everybody. Uh, he was reserved in his talk about Sheldon Richardson. You know, no comparisons to to uh, Richard Seymour or anything, <laughs> which was good. I mean, he said he was excited about him. Said he looked good. Said, but you know, it was like he's a football player. If we had had three practices today, he would have gone for all three. It was that kind of thing. Well, that's fair. Unbelievably fair. Um, he ripped their learning curve. Whose learning curve? The rookies. He's they're like, not. They're not nearly like, up to speed. He's like, I wish. I, he's like, we got a lot of work to do. He's like, I. He's like, I wish some tape of that actually got out, so other teams think that's the defense we're going to run. Like, because it was terrible. I mean, we didn't. They didn't understand a thing. Huh. You know, he's like, we got to go back and teach it better. And you think you're putting it in right, and then you see them on their feet, and it stinks. He was good today. He was really good. You know, he didn't give D. Milliner the job. You know, which is nice. <laughs> The job of Hall of Fame cornerback. That's correct. Yeah, no, he didn't come out with a bust of D. Milliner for Canton. <laughs> just, I just finished carving his boys and stuff. Well, that's uh, <laughs> so fun. <laughs> Chip it away. He takes he like reveals it. <laughs> <laughs> he comes out. There's a big sheet on a, on a podium. <laughs> reveals it. Just starts. Let me just fix the nose here and that stuff. Ah, all that kind yeah. of stuff. Now I know you're all wondering what's on this on this podium over here and, and all kind of stuff and uh, look you're gonna love this. Yeah, you, you guys you guys are gonna love tell you, you got you guys have never seen anything like this before. Let me let me just reveal uh what what's gonna be we're gonna ship this to Canton next week. <laughs> and all that stuff. <laughs> and I'll tell you, this guy this guy This guy's got, a football player, okay. He's got legs like I've never seen before. <laughs> he's got legs. And, and I mean that in a strictly football sense. I mean, he's he's easy top here. He's he has got legs. He knows how to use them. I don't know if he's Frank Beard. I don't know who he is. I've not. I haven't seen anything like this since Kyle Wilson and yeah. all that stuff. And all that stuff. Um, and of course, our our old friend Gary Myers from the New York Daily News. Ooh, what did he have to say? He asked the uh, diva question. He did. That was his opening question. Hmm. That's that's the that's the first thing. It came to his mind. Correct. Hmm. Correct. What about all these reports about uh, Geno Smith being a diva and and uh, needing special treatment and attention? Oh, uh, that that was his first question. And Rex said, "I I I don't know what diva behavior is. I don't know what you're. I don't know what. Like Rex was like, I, I don't know what that would be. Right. But he didn't do any of that stuff with me." So it's one day. He said we can he said we can really only go by what we saw. You know. And he made a great the the best one cow was you know, I, I the kid the kid did throw like forty five touchdowns and, and only six interceptions. And of course when we drafted him I think they showed I don't know what network it was, but I think they showed all six of them. <laughs> 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 it's a good line. 
So anyway, uh, I, I have enjoyed the backlash, though. Yeah, we were talking about this, that there is sort of a uh, – people are not that tolerant of the narrative anymore. Yep. There's been a very strong backlash in the national media uh, towards the whitewashing of, of Geno Smith here. Uh, and I think that's great to see. Now, and one more thing on the Jets. Demario Davis, look. Oh, yeah, talk about this because I, I didn't see what he did today. Well, there was an article in the Daily <laughs> in the New York Daily News today. But Demario Davis chose to uh, – he's the second-year linebacker for the Jets – chose to speak out on this. He wasn't asked the question, how do you feel – how would you feel about a homosexual teammate? He chose to speak out on it because I guess Broussard on ESPN had said – made some comments about it and was getting uh, flamed for it. And um, so he felt he needed to defend Christianity, I guess. So basically his – he was, how did, he was how fine. How did it come up? How did he, it come up? Oh, he can't – he sought out the reporter. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is a, this is like a Demario Davis is there, and you know Seth Walder, uh, the writer for the Daily News who did this. It wasn't Manesh. Says, uh, "Hey, Demario, how was you know practice the other day? Oh, it was good. Hey, listen, I got something I want to talk about. That's how oh. this goes. Wow. And I'm not going to be any different just because he's a Jet. I will say he was." Fine up until a point. What he was saying, while, in my opinion, I'm not even going to get into my opinion, what he was saying was acceptable. And then, and again, credit to Craig Carton, Cal, he called this right this morning. Now, he turned it into a, only the Jets could screw this up, you know, because the Jets said the, the, the opinions expressed by Demario Davis are not those of the Jets. We 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 reckon uh, you know we we welcome all diversity and blah 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 blah. The Jets released a PC statement as they should, you know, completely ignoring what like Mike Wallace tweeted last week, you know. So he turned it into an only the Jets thing, but uh -huh. he but he was right in. Demario Davis was fine. I disagree with it, but he was fine in what he was saying, which was. I think it's wrong. My religion tells me it's it's against my religion, my religious beliefs. I think it's wrong, but I would embrace a teammate that was openly gay because I want the team to win. And okay. that's what we're, you know, the Jets don't have to take the stance that I'm taking or don't have to feel the way I do. The Jets just want players in here that can help us win. If there was an openly gay uh, – if I had an openly gay teammate, as long as he was here because he's trying to help us win, I would have no problem with that. I would welcome that teammate with open arms. According to Mario, da to, to Mario Davis, he's sinning against God, but, but that's fine. That's, that's his beliefs. That's fine. But that's where it started to – No. Here's where he went off the rails. Oh, that wasn't even it? No. And and you know what, Cal? At least he said he would welcome him with open arms. He would. He wouldn't treat him any differently. That's what he said. 
Those are his exact words. I would not treat him any differently. Okay. Because, you know, it's just like, and I'm paraphrasing, but it's just like, hey, look, I have homosexuals in my family and I love them to death. I have drunks and alcoholics in my family that I love to death. So basically, he he eventually wound up comparing homosexuality to alcoholism. As if it's a disease. And this is sort of where it went off the rails. <laughs> because that's that that I just can't have. That's no good. That's that's no good. That's where I had a problem. Are you bringing up the article? Are you taking a look at it? Or? I'm trying to find it, yeah. Yeah. That's where you you sort of come off the rails a little bit. All right. You know, and and he Yeah. So that's all I'm, all I'm going to say is Here's my feeling on the whole thing. I have you're certainly entitled to your opinion. It's just like actors who have a political stance or something. I think they're entitled to their opinion when they're asked. Like just be be asked. Well, I think it's funny that he just he uh he sought this out. It's like he clearly had this on his mind and he yes. thought that he had a forum to communicate this. Yes, and he he said that because he feels like there was only one side of the story being told because Broussard was being attacked, right, for saying that it it's uh, against God, that homosexuality is is a sin against God or whatever, something like that, and he he should feel that in the locker room, something like that. Like he, he said something to the effect that that was that was to me, in my opinion, non tolerant. Okay, Demario Davis wasn't being intolerant. But he slips off the rails a little bit there when he compares homosexuality to to alcoholism. Yeah, that's not that's not great. That doesn't show that doesn't show a a great understanding of the material. So uh, look, I've said it a million times. Just keep just keep the politics and religion out of sports, please. It's not going to happen, but. That's where you'd like to see it, out of sports and entertainment. Really would. Really would. Unfortunately, that doesn't seem to be... Uh... It's not that I want these, these actors and or athletes to be automatons that have no opinion. At all. If Demario Davis was asked his opinion, great. That's it, fine. Yeah. I just... I just... It just... I guess I guess my problem is with we've talked about this on the show before, Bri. <laughs> it's like when Bill Maher bought a piece of the Mets. Like I didn't want Woody Johnson supporting Mitt Romney, but Bill Maher owning a part of the Mets has no problem with me, right? So I guess if it's my politics or my religion or lack thereof, uh, it's fine, right? And I guess that's hypocritical of me. Hey, you know what? If it's hypocritical of you, then so be it. I'll call myself out on it. It is. It's it, that doesn't excuse it. It is a bit hypocritical of me. I think um, that's something, I, and that's why I I didn't fly off. Maybe it's good that it was a jet that did this. That's true. Because I didn't fly off immediately and dismiss what he was saying. I was trying to see. I was trying to be tolerant because I shouldn't be intolerant of his religious beliefs, even if I don't agree with them. And if this had been Justin Tuck, 
Oh, I would have had a party. You might have had a different response. I would have had a field day. <laughs> this right. is not to imply that Justin Tuck agrees. That's right. <laughs> the opinions expressed by Cal are not Justin Tuck's. I, I don't know if he does. Make no mistake about it. Justin Tuck feels this way. <laughs> okay, last thing. We got about uh, six minutes left here. Okay. The Harvey tweet thing. The only reason I, I, I'm calling it back is because we did this on our sh- – I went back and listened to that show. What are, you, what are you talking about? We – when Adam Rubin tweeted this. Oh, the original tweet from last year. Original tweets from last year. Okay. We talked about it on the show. A ton. A ton. Mm-hmm. And it was the one tweet, the, the tweet that put us over the edge. There were two of the three. One was Pelfrey without the breaking stuff. <laughs> right. Which is just... Antagonistic for n- no other reason. Yes. Because you know how sensitive the fan base is about Mike Pelfrey. Otherwise, you wouldn't have used that comparison. Exactly. And it didn't match any, any scouting report on Matt Harvey to that point. Didn't match any. If anything, I mean, I read an article two years ago about him being the anti-Pelfrey when it came to his mentality and his makeup. Right. So forget about the stuff, which was inaccurate and didn't match any scouting report. Because Matt, Mike Pelfrey never threw 98 miles an hour, ever, ever. So even that comparison, Mike Pelfrey without the breaking stuff, is dumb. It's dumb. But it's so it was so antagonistic. But the other one was, and just as antagonistic. Do you like the idea? How, how by show of hands, how many of you have seen Matt Harvey pitch? Do you like the idea of Harvey, or do you actually like Matt Harvey? Right. And he got flamed for it at the time. Wow, you flamed a lot tonight. He got ripped for it at the time. You and I chimed in, and we talked about it on the show a ton. Yes, Adam Rubin, we had seen him pitch. It's 2012. I can watch every start. And I have. It was just a... I've seen him pitch more than you have. Well, but it was a typically condescending response that, you know, I have access to the team. I've seen him pitch. You couldn't possibly yep. have seen him pitch. Yep. And it, and we said it on the show that week. It's 2012. We've all seen him pitch. <laughs> uh, they show the games on TV now. He's on SN, He's been on SNY three times before they called him up. I don't even have to pay extra to see it. Nope. It's readily available. Readily available. Uh, so the fact that those tweets, which we talked about a year ago on this show, and these exact things we talked about a year ago, have come back to bite him in the ass, mm-hmm. is magnificent. It's just delicious. And his response of, ask any scout what I was saying was true. Or at least the thinking at the time is such nonsense. Nonsense. 
Sorry, pal. It is. I don't understand the lack of what what is it? It's it's what is it? It's, it's like you know lack of ability to just admit you're wrong. Right. That well, that's what it is. Or or yeah. to not take yourself so damn seriously. I mean, you are a beat writer for a baseball team. So All right. just no ability to admit that you're wrong. You know, it's yeah. like it's Francesca does the same thing all the time. Yep. When when he gets called out on stuff, you like when he fell asleep during the interview. Yeah. He got, yeah. <laughs> you know, have have a sense of humor about it. Come back the next day, make a joke about it, acknowledge it, and then move on. And then nobody says a word, and yep. people respect you more. But to be so defensive about it, yep. right? He said yesterday I was listening to Francesa, and he was talking about Tiger because you know the uh, the PGA's or whatever. And he was talking about how, and he said, I said it at the time, what a lost opportunity it was for Tiger Woods at the Masters if he had just withdrawn. After the controversy and the illegal ball drop and turning in an illegal card, if he had just withdrawn from the tournament, he would have wiped away all the stuff that had happened. It was the worst move to not withdraw. He could have hit the reset button Mm -hmm. on his entire, you know, uh, all all the crap that's gone on since Thanksgiving night that year. Right. He could have hit the reset button. And I'm saying to myself... Man, pot, check out the kettle. Mm-hmm. And the and honestly, Brian, the sleep episode and the Al Albuquerque episode were the two I was thinking of. Just admit you fell asleep. Right. Make it. You know how much goodwill you will garner with people to just admit it and walk away and make a joke out of it. Right. Or the Al Albuquerque, and just admit. I thought I thought I was being put on. I didn't know there was a player named Al Albuquerque. I didn't know. I thought it was a put on. I thought it was a joke. You, you it's got to be a send up. Got to be a send up. A blind superhero? You look so much worse by defending That's it. Defending yourself and yep. I don't know. People it's again, it's I feel like we say this it's 2013. How do you not know that when you send a tweet out it's permanent? How do you not? How do you not know that if you are defensive about something, it's going to make you look worse? Stop defending yourself. Just come clean. And also, Bry, with Ruben in Adam Ruben's case, it would be an admission that he was being antagonistic, which he is, and he and and, and defends to the death that he's not. That he's not. Exactly. I, hey, I just give you the facts. You're no. being sensitive. No, you were purposefully antagonistic. You put my you made that comparison to Mike Pelfrey because you knew it would drive Met fans crazy. Do you have any idea what a jerk you look like? No, nope. it's not. It's not nope. me. It's you. Yep. <laughs> I have hand, and you're gonna need it. All right, let's let's bring this baby in on time. What do you think? Why not? Why not? We can do that without PJ. We can. Oh, I missed him. I know. I'll tell you what, though. This was enjoyable. It was fun. Sure. Give me your final unload. Quick. We got 30 seconds. My final unload is that uh, I just read that uh, there's going to be a cartoon starring Mike Tyson as an animated cop. It's going to be on the Adult Swim. I can't top that. 
I'm, I'm not even going to comment on it. Good night, everybody. Animated Mike Tyson, the cop. That's incredulous. Impre- impregnable. Uh, and my final unload is uh, let's go Islanders tomorrow night, huh? Give me one more. Give me give me two more games of hockey. That's all I ask. Two more games. All right. Good night, everybody. Cal, good night, brother. Good night, Steve. We'll see you next week. Bye.